Thanks for listening. If you'd like to schedule a one-on-one coaching with Dr. Lodi, please visit drsudliff.com. I am an American board certified OBGYN, a mom, a Muslim, and I'm talking about sex. This is the Muslim Sex Podcast. Welcome to the Muslim Sex Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Sada Flody, and this episode is everything you needed to know about coaching for parenthood. Before I got into it, the very first thing I want to make very clear is that I am not giving any type of medical advice. So if you have any concerns about your health, please speak with your healthcare provider. And if you have any questions about your religion, please ask your friendly neighborhood religious leader. It's the Muslim Sex Podcast because I just happen to be a Muslim woman that talks about sex. So on today's episode, I am super excited to have with me the parenting coach, uh, Shireen. And Shireen is um, a coach for both women and for parents and is a school psychologist. But Shireen, I am going to give you the opportunity to introduce yourself. Hi, Dr. Sadaf. Thank you so much for having me. Um, my name is Shireen Kazar. I am a certified school psychologist. I'm also a certified life coach. I work with parents, helping de- uh, them develop positive relationships with their children. I also do mindset coaching for women. Um, and they mostly they happen to be mothers. So yeah. That is awesome. So tell me a little bit more about mindset coaching. Like, um, what's the process? How do you go about doing that? And then how does that fit in with the parenting? So I initially started working with the parents uh, because, you know, my job is mostly like, you know, I work with children 2 to 21. So I when I was working with parents, like working on their behavior, the children's behaviors, how to communicate with your children, how to talk about certain topics that are difficult topics with your children, I figured out there were a lot of mental blocks that women had. There were a lot of resistance they had. There was, um, um, you know, hesitation. There was some generational trauma. So that's when I started working on women mindset. So what I do when I work with women, I help them get rid of their past, like generational trauma that they have. And then we work on moving their thoughts towards more positivity, more empowered uh, thought process, um, more mindfulness and self-care for their well-being. So, so yeah, so like mindset coaching just basically like came out because, you know, again, if we are empowered mothers, we will raise empowered children. Absolutely. I agree with that a hundred percent. So tell me a little bit about your parenting coaching that you have, you know, is that, so I know you're a school psychologist. So does that, um, you know, is that, that's a separate business, I assume, or is something separate that you do? So, yes. So I work full time in school system as a school psychologist. I'm like, you know, I do assessments for special education and in my role, I have also done counseling, group counseling, individual counseling for children, um, going through like, you know, like array of things. It, It can be social skills. It can be behaviors. It can be anything. Um, I started parent coaching when I was working with the babies. And that's when I found out that there was like, when I say babies, it's like two to five. Um, That's when I found out that there were so many parents, they had um, 
so, like, you know, they needed support, like, um, especially like, you know, like I, the initially when I started working, I started working with Muslim community. Um, I started seeing there were like a lot of issues with bullying. The, uh, you know, parents didn't know how to respond to Islamophobia. They didn't know, know how to communicate. You know, like we are from a generation where our parents said what they said. And like, you know, like, um, you know, um, and we just had to follow it we are raising a totally different generation. And when I would tell parents that listen to your children, it was like a, it came out like a shock to them. So that's when I started, like I started a parent coaching. I got certification in life coaching. Um, and then I started parent coaching because I really feel like before we work with our children, we need to work with our parents. We need to give them the skills. And more than ever, now it is important for parents to have a positive relationship with their children we need to switch it from an authority authority and you know submissiveness to more of as a collaborators so you know like your children are your collaborators and you know like as a family you have a certain goal that you have to achieve it's not parents vision anymore it's the family's vision now so that's how that was my switch to parent coaching. So I do a lot of workshops where I work with parents, then I also work at the uh, like, you know, uh, with the children. So I have done social emotional learning series, especially after COVID, we have seen like, you know, our children are struggling with social emotional um, learning, and it all starts from home. So I think parents need those tools to really you know, like strategize how to help their children thrive in the society. Sure, sure. So what are the, some of the most common problems that you see um, that you end up coaching parents on? Um, the biggest one is lack of communication. And mm-hmm. uh, like, you know, lack of communication has like, it's almost like an octopus. It has like so many like, you know, tentacles that if you think about it, that like lack of communication can result in anything. So um, there are so many topics like, you know, like these days, uh, you know, I I know a lot of parents are approaching uh, me regarding how to talk to their children about homosexuality, their own sexuality, how to talk to their children about um, things that their parents never spoke to them about, you know, um, a lot of things that were considered stigma, taboo uh, growing up. But now they are so out there that the only people who are not talking about are the people who need to talk about it, which are right. parents. Absolutely. So, um, so again, it's like, you know, uh, the, the children are defiant, uh, defiant, children are rebelling, children are like, you know, really trying to find out their identity because there is no communication at home. So I think right. that's what the goal is these days uh, with I think almost everyone is working towards that, how to have better communication. Sure. So to, why don't you, um, maybe if you could, you know, help our listeners and uh, some of our viewers, like what would be like a process that you would use to help parents to communicate a little bit better with their, um, with their children? So first what I do is like, you know, there is a whole onboarding process. I need to find out what the goal of the family is. Usually when they come in, their goal is like completely different. Like, you know, I need to work. I need to work with you because I need to handle a child who is not listening to me. Then, you know, then I basically do a, like a, a onboarding process where I find out what are the goals and 
99 out of 100 times it is basically there is lack of communication the child the it's like you know they are speaking two different languages at home uh, what the parent is saying the child is not registering and what the child is saying the parent is not understanding and that our children use so much nonverbal communications as well so i do like you know ask all of that like you know like okay so how does the child react when you ask them to do this or um you know when they say some such and such thing how do you react um sometimes if they are older children i do interview children um separately as well and i think it has always helped me because that helps me bridge the gap i become i come as a, come in as a neutral party and if that like you know so once that happens then i almost became a liaison between the parent and the child but my goal is not it's so I always tell people that like life coaching is not a life sentence. You are not with me forever. You are going to my goal is to make you feel you independent with all of the strategies that I'm giving you. So the idea is for them to generalize these strategies at home. And then I give homeworks, of course, and I give them the parent and children tasks to do for each other which are basically active listening, which is not just, you know, like, again, like nonverbal communication, whatever comes out of their mouth, and also going into the emotional intelligence. Because I think if one thing our parents didn't do was talk about emotional intelligence. So, um, so yeah, it, it, it is a fun process. Um, I have had, uh, like, you know, amazing results with it, especially if the children and parents work together. When the children are younger, I usually try to work with the parents. I do see children too, just because I need to have a better picture of what's going on at home. Right, right, right. So how do you facilitate that communication? I agree with you 100%. I think that, you know, oftentimes the problems that we see in most type of relationships, right, stems from communication or lack thereof. And, you know, people are not saying what they really want or or maybe they're being passive aggressive or, you know, like, oh, well, go ahead, do it if you want. But, you know, they don't really want them to do it or something like that. Right. So how do you actually get them to communicate better? So I think the biggest thing is uh, that, you know, like we struggle with as parents is showing our own vulnerabilities to the children to show them like, you know, parents think that our children have this perfect perception of us and like children has to see us as someone who doesn't make mistakes. I think what is more important to tell the parents that, you know, be yourself. Children will relate to us more, especially again, when I'm talking about children, I'm talking about these Gen Z. Gen yeah. Z, they are bombarded with, you know, technology. They know what's going on. They don't need a perfect picture in front of them. They need to know that their struggle is not unique. And that's when I what I tell parents. I never sit down with parent and child at the same time. I let them have this conversation on their own because I do think it's it's so vulnerable that they don't need a third person in between them at that point. But what I do focus on is how what are they going to say? So sometimes I'll provide scripts to the parents. For children, interestingly, I don't have to ever provide scripts. <laughs> it's it's so, you know, um, and again, like the children these days are so much into journal, journaling. So um, there's the, like, you know, I would say that, okay, get a journal and start writing your thoughts down. If you want, you can 
ask your parents to check. Um, same with social media. Like, you know, like parents are coming that, oh, you know, we like my, I, I don't trust social media at screen time. So I always say like, you know, privacy is a privilege. And if you want to go over your child's cell phone, don't go it, go at like, you know, go and go, don't go look at it behind their backs. Go look at it when you're sitting next to them so that children trust you. Like they don't, they know that you're not going to sneak around when they are gone. And I think that is the most important thing. I think building trust is like very important uh, to for all kinds of conversation. Again, we cannot have any conversation with the kids until we have have better, like they know that, you know, we are human, we can make mistakes and they know that they can trust us. Yeah, I think that, you know, showing that vulnerable side, right, as parents is very difficult for us because like you said, we want our children to, you know, see us as, I don't know, maybe being, you know, their role models, or maybe we want them to see us as as, as if we're infallible or something like that. But I agree with you. I think it's better if the children see us make mistakes and then they see us how we recover from those mistakes, right? Or if we do something that's wrong, that we apologize to them, right? Yes. Because that shows them that it doesn't matter if you're an adult or if you're a kid, right? That we all make mistakes, but it's important to own up to your mistakes and then, you know, apologize if you're the one that made the mistakes so that they learn and see and they can model behavior as well. And so that they learn how to apologize and take into account other people's feelings. I think that's so important, right? Absolutely. Do you focus on modeling? I'm sure, you know. As yes. So, so again, in the psychology world, we call it scaffolding more than, than modeling. So it's basically the first time you model it for the child. The second time you assist the child with, with that activity. And then third time you let the child do it independently. And again, mm -hmm. that like for, for a lot of parents, that's very anxiety inducing because they're not used to of staying back it's like you know while the child does certain uh certain things so yes a lot of modeling especially like when it comes to like self-care um self-care like you know it's not just going to spa or having a mask on self-care is so many things and there is a guilt associated around self-care so whenever we talk about self-care i always tell moms like you know treat yourself the way you want people to treat your child so if you you want people to treat your child with kindness, treat yourself with kindness. Again, like everything that you want for your child, you need to implement it on you because, you know, this is where the sacrificial uh, mentality comes. This is where that martyr mentality comes, where that, you know, it's okay. Like I can, like my life is my children and my life is just to, you know, like make sure that everything is perfect. No, I think like children need to see uh, that, you know, you are a human being, you need to take care of yourself. If you are asking them to eat greens, then you eat greens. If you want them to have like, you know, less junk food, then you have less junk food. Same with the bedtime and stuff. Right. Absolutely. I think that's so important, right? To set the proper example for your children and that way they know how to behave or um, how to handle different types of situations. Now, can you tell me a little bit about um, specific coaching 
that you might do, you know, like a scenario that you may coach a, a parent and a child for? I know you mentioned communication, but any other type of problems that you've recently seen that you've coached uh, parents on? So there's uh, like, you know, again, um, since COVID, there is a lot of anxiety and self-doubt. So uh, like mask automatically gave some children a way to hide. And we know like, you know, there is like, you know, the teenage years, like uh, anywhere between nine to 18 is the time where the children are going through an identity crisis. You know, there's like, um, they, they want to know who they are. They are trying to explore that. And for a lot of children that was taken away. So now it is almost like, you know, there is a lot of like self doubt, there's a lot of anxiety with social situations. So, uh, so that is another piece that I have been working on with uh, currently with the families, um, that how to help children feel comfortable in social settings, and where not to push them. So interestingly, in those areas, I do not see the children because they don't want to see me at that point. Um, Mm -hmm. I do ask parents to keep talking about how they are seeing a coach to help them understand what's going on with their children. And after four or five sessions, the children do get introduced at that point. And then we do talk about how to build self-esteem. And again, like these children are like COVID did impact children way more than we expected not just academically not just socially the emotions like you know the idea of like Mm. how to handle your own emotions because they were in this home 24 7 with their parents no no possibility of going out to be with friends the emotional intelligence piece was very disconnected so we so i have been working on that um as well and um, there's another thing that also um, is like, you know, like a, most of my clients are women who are either going through divorce mm. or the single mothers. And oh. when they are struggling with finding their own identity while mm. raising their children. So I, you know, that is, I think 50% of my clients are like that. So at that point, I do talk about children, but at that, like I'm only focusing on those women. I make sure that they have a good plan for themselves. They have their goals set. And once they have that, it is so interesting, Sadaf, automatically you can start seeing that their approach to parenting becomes different. I don't even have to tell them what to do, how to handle uh, issues with their children because they are filling themselves with what their, their like mind, body, soul needs. Sure. So that's, that's really interesting, right? So that you're, you're helping women empower themselves, right? Yes. I'm trying to, yeah. So that they can own their own voices and their own narratives. And that's so important. You know, I try to do the same with uh, empowering women through education. And I think that, of course, we know that, you know, women tend to be the bigger, the biggest caregivers at home, right? And so if we empower women and if we educate women, the thought is, is that, you know, that'll trickle down to their children and their families and that, that you can raise up a family that way, right? If especially yeah. if a family is, is struggling emotionally, right? And uh, they're trying to connect with each other. And so often the mom becomes like that bridge, 
that's able to connect the family and bring the family closer together. So I think that's great that you're working so much with families and with women. Um, any other struggles that you see, you know, that you've noted in women that you often help them with? I know you said you help them find their voice and um, to focus on the children, but anything else that you've noted in women that you've had to help them with? So, uh, like, you know, it. Um, interestingly, um, it, you know, we all have different problems, but they usually have like a, like same basic, um, like underlying issues. Um, and like, you know, most recent study uh, indicated that people who thrive, they are very different from others who are just trying to survive and like, you know, going through daily routine. So people who thrive, their one biggest component that they have is the perseverance. Mm. So when we work with women, we have to tell them like, you know, like, if you look at it, um, you know, like whether they're parents, whether they're single mothers, whether they are, um, you know, women who don't have children. Like I, I have career coached two women. And interestingly, they came to me because their mothers were thinking that they were going through some issues, but the, it, it was not like, you know, they were just trying to find their own identity. And yeah. idea was like, you know, there is, we don't teach our children how to persevere. We are like, you know, with this helicopter parenting, with this tiger parenting, and uh, I call in like Indian Pakistani families, we have land more parenting, we have like, there's no like, you know, like no chance of growing if like we are parenting. So when we do that, we fail to recognize the child's own grit, resilience, their tolerance to frustration or tolerance to any chance of failures so I, I like you know whenever I have been coaching women I always do this positive intelligence questionnaire I am certified in positive intelligence so um, I do a positive intelligence questionnaire where we talk about our own judge and when we start thinking about our judge many women are like they're shocked when they find out how they're internal judge is you know like basically making decisions like their day-to-day -day decisions how do I dress myself what color should I wear where should I go who should I hang out with what should come out of my mouth um it's the and you know like they say like people think that everybody's watching me but they don't realize that everyone in the table is thinking that people are watching me so it's the self-perception is basically like, you know, that people struggle with that when they lack perseverance, when they lack resilience. It is, um, yeah. So once I found that uh, research study, every time I talk to women, I start with the positive intelligence questionnaire and then I talk about uh, perseverance and resilience. And 100% uh, of the time, that is the root cause of whatever struggle they are feeling. Hmm. So perseverance and resilience. So you're saying they, they don't have perseverance or resilience or? Yes, because we are not taught. Like, you know, if we fail at something, we are not taught to just keep going, like, you know, like keep trying to achieve. For example, like, you know, like our goals and ambitions are very, like we have very tunnel focus. Like once you become a mother, your role is a mother. Um, 
uh, uh, you know, like once a woman gets married, she like all of a sudden that there were certain doors that close. But what if she's an ambitious woman? Uh, like, you know, just because she's married and now she has kids doesn't mean that her ambitions like, you know, close. So that is where the perseverance, like, you know, th there's like that disconnect. So we do not, we are not taught to persevere regardless of what obstacles we face. Mm -hmm. So whenever we face a obstacle, our first instinct is to just give up. Our judge tells us you can't do it. So yeah. that's when you have to like, you know, so again, like the, like part of positive uh, intelligence uh, mentality is that you have, when you have judge, you also have your mental sages that are protective factors. They are who that are working and you have to make them work like you work any other muscles. And mm -hmm. at that point you need to like how to keep going at it. And again, the only person who perseveres is the person who has resilience, who knows that failures are just an experience and they just need to keep going. Sure. Sure. So positive intelligence is different than emotional intelligence, right? Yes. So, so, so emotional in intelligence means, you know, how your emotions work you are in tune with your emotions and you need like you know how to uh, uh like you know what makes you happy and, and how you react to certain situations positive intelligence is how you rework your thoughts and i think you said it the other day that our thoughts turn into beliefs and our beliefs turn into actions. And that's exactly what positive in intelligence works on. It works on mindfulness, like being very mindful of what is stopping you from mm. achieving the best self of you. And yeah. the idea is not me at my best is not equal to you at your best. But right. as long as I think I am at my best, nothing should matter because my judge at that point would be quiet and my sages will be in all in effect. There's a huge component of empathy and positive intelligence that they talk about that, you know, like you need to be like empathy, of course, like all of us have empathy. We all would like, you know, tomorrow I tell you about a sad story. You will be like, you know, okay, who do I write a check to? Where should I give charity? But you know, who do who we don't uh, show empathy to ourselves? We mm -hmm. all like, you know, we are all hard on yourself. And I know you are a full-time, you're a full-time working mom. You have a business, you have like a busy schedule. You have like, you know, tons of things going on, but you do those things because they fill your cup. The moment they stop filling your cup, that means at that point, you need to show yourself that empathy and step back and like, maybe like, you know, take things at your own pace. And I think for me, getting like understanding positive intelligence was so much beneficial because I started putting healthy boundaries. I started removing toxic people from my life. And I, I think I became more ambitious after that. <laughs> amazing. That is amazing. Well, I'm going to have to look at actually, you know, I have a book and I was just thinking about it. I have a book that I ordered on positive intelligence. Actually, I have it right there in, the, in my on my bookshelf. I have a book on positive intelligence. Yeah. So I was like, hmm, I need to pick it up and read it. <laughs> yes. Read it. Yeah. And, and you know, like I, I have always been a very fiction reader. Like every time somebody would say like, what kind of books you read? I'm like, oh, I'm, I don't read po like nonfiction stuff. Since I don't know, like it in last three years, there has been this shift. 
I do not listen to any fiction stuff or I do not pick up a book that is just brainless, like, you know, novel. I love like, you know, these self-help books. I am like very, um, you know, like I am very attracted to these positive intelligence, how to shift your mindset, like, you know, manifestation. Again, I feel like once I understood what was filling my cup and again like you know what is a happy woman a happy woman is a woman who feel accomplished and a woman who is content with what's going on in her life that's that's the uh, definition of a happy woman so once I told myself that I am a happy woman I started looking for things that make me happy and that was like you know again I think the concept of manifestation everything just like started coming together like a jigsaw puzzle Yeah. So, you know, I want you to actually tell me a little bit about manifestation. I know you talked about that a little bit before, but tell me what, um, what exactly it is. So a few years ago, I, uh, stumbled upon to one of someone's, um, uh, you know, Instagram and they, they were talking about manifest manifestation. They said, um, you know, like think about you will get $5,000 and, and at, at the end of the week and you'll get it. And I laughed out loud. And my husband said, why are you laughing? I said, because she said, if I think that I'm going to get $5,000, I will get $5,000. He said, this is why you're not going to get $5,000. I said, why? He said, because you're laughing at it. You think it's a joke. So manifestation is basically like, you know, and like, you know, again, if your listeners are all Muslims, people think manifestation is a non-Islamic concept. Manifestation is like, I think it's, like the root of manifestation is whatever we are taught as Muslims. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala what you want and have a strong desire, work towards it, and you'll get it. That's law of manifestation. And again, if you are at a positive, like, you know, like a higher vibration level, you are thinking about like, you know, again, like my goal last year was to start a business. I started working like I like very slow, slow things. And I, I would I always tell people like, I don't know what I'm spending money on, but I'm just spending money. And I hired coaches. I hired like, you know, things. A lot of people said that, you know, again, like, like, what are you doing? But I had this, like, there was a this strong desire of having something of my own. Now, I did not put a number to it I did but I did put a date like by July I will have an LLC I will have this like you know I even put in a Gucci bag I didn't get a Gucci bag but I did get a YSL so <laughs> but like again I did a, like you know, I, I am all into like these goals and new year's resolution so I created a vision board for myself and I told myself I'm going to do all of those things and it was not easy with that desire there was a lot of actions that I had to do so manifestation is not just I want five thousand dollars by the end of the week and I'm gonna get it manifestation is I'm I want five thousand dollar dollars at the end of the week and universe is going to get get me what I want And then I start putting in actions. So again, but I feel like we can only implement these things when we know how how our mindset works. What is stopping us from achieving those goals? And I think I, at this point, I'm so mindful of my anxieties. I'm a very anxious person and I say it out loud. I never said it out loud. 
now I have allowed myself to be vulnerable. Um, two weeks ago at the retreat, I told you something very, something very big about my life. I never told anyone about that. Like it, for me, it was something that I will never say it out loud in front of anyone. But at that point, I thought that, you know, saying it is not going to impact me in a negative way. And it did. Like I did not feel that anxiety that I was expecting to come after saying it out loud to you. Maybe because you provided that safe space, because you did give that confidence that whatever comes out of my mouth will not be considered a taboo, something that will be judged or something that you will talk about with someone else. So again, it's like, you know, it is great to have ambitions. It is great to have these ideas of manifestation. But they also say, like, if you want to manifest something, you have to say it out loud. You have to put it out there. So I have been telling everyone at my work, at my friend circle, that I'm going to retire at 55. I work for the uh, Department of Education. So, you know, the retirement age is 63. Before that, you get penalty to retire. But I have said it out loud. And I know that by 55, I'm going to retire. So I am putting all the actions in place right now for to help me retire by 55 and not feel the burnt off, not getting my full pension. That's amazing. Well, very good. That is totally awesome. And I can see where, you know, the mindset comes in and the coaching comes in and all of that and the manifestation, you know, you are embodying what you talk about and what you teach others. And I think that's fantastic. So thank you, Shireen, for sharing all of that. I really appreciate it. And I think that we are actually done here. So it's been real and really informative, Shireen. And I really appreciate your time and all the knowledge that you've shared with us today. And maybe you can help our viewers and our listeners know how they can find you and reach out to you. And if they're looking for mindset coaching for women and or help with parenting, you know, I think that you would be an excellent resource for them. So if you can just let our viewers know how to get in touch with you. Thank you so much for providing this platform. And I uh, like, I really want to say thank you. So, also, like, thank you for providing this space for women to overcome their personal mental blocks and, you know, like tune in. Um, so if anyone who wants to find me, I am on Instagram mostly uh, with uh, at psyched, P-S-Y-C-H-E-D, Shireen, uh, and um, my website is www.coherentparenting.com, which I might rebrand uh, in the near future. But yeah, so if anyone wants to reach out to me, they can uh, reach out to me. And also my email address is Shireen, S-H-I-R-E-E-N, at coherentparenting.com. That's awesome. I love your Instagram. Actually, I learned so much. You know, I go on there and I listen to what you have to say about parenting and coaching and things like that. I think it's so informative. So thank you for being out there and putting yourself out there. Well, I am done here. It's been real and really intimate. And remember, this is not meant to be any type of advice. So if you're having any questions about your health, please see your healthcare provider. And if you have any questions about your religion, please see your friendly neighborhood religious leader. And if you have any questions at all about mindset, make sure you get in touch with Shireen because she would love to help you. And remember, until next time, this is the Muslim Sex Podcast.
Thanks for listening. If you'd like to schedule a one-on-one coaching with Dr. Lodi, please visit drsadaf.com. And until next time, this is the Muslim Sex Podcast. Thank you.